Welcome to the Go All In podcast. I'm your host, Robert Bruss. And today on the show, we have Dave Wood from Focus.CEO. David is an expert at helping people to double their business by doing less and focusing on what really matters. Who doesn't want more of that in their life? Let's get started. G'day everyone. I trust that you're well and you and your family and business are also doing well. If this is your first time here at the Go All In podcast, welcome. It's great to have you here. This podcast is for you if you're just starting out in business, considering a business, or you've been a seasoned entrepreneur for years. My guests and I will give you the strategies and the tactics that you need to help you to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be much faster than you ever thought possible. To get there, you're going to have to work hard, learn some new things, but most of all, you're going to have to go all in. And I created and I do this show because there's nothing I like more than eliminating roadblocks and shortcutting the path to success. In fact, I can't wait to celebrate your success with you. So make sure you reach out to me via social media or email and tell me all about it. Now, before we get into the show today, just take a little peek at your phone and hit the subscribe button on the app that you're listening in on. And if you're watching this on YouTube, just scroll on down and hit the subscribe button there. And don't forget to ring the bell. That way you'll always have some motivation and some goal in love right there in your pocket. Lastly, if you like what you hear today, please share this episode with your friends and your family. Dave's got an important message to share and he's got a pretty, pretty funny and epic story as well. And if we can just help one or two people to break through their barriers and get unstuck, then Dave and I would have done our job here on the podcast today. All righty, let's get into this one. As I mentioned at the top of the show, David is an expert in helping you to focus. So let's start off with some of his key questions that we'll answer on today's show. So are you wasting time on the wrong goals or with the wrong plan? Do shiny objects distract you? Yes. Do you feel scattered with too many ideas and options in front of you? (laughs) I think for me, at least, the answer is yes, yes, and yes. And maybe it is for most people as well. Gaining alignment with yourself is the key to fixing these things. And David is about to show us exactly how to do that. So let's get some tools and let's close the gap from where we are to where we want to be. I'm excited he's here. So please help me in welcoming David Wood. Dave Wood, welcome to the Go Eleven podcast, mate. It's great to have you here. Mate, it's good to talk to an Aussie. I've been in the US for too long. Yeah, I've done, uh, I think, four interviews this week, and they've all been to my counterparts right there across the pond in the United States. So it's a nice uh, little change to talk to a fellow Aussie from the Hunter Valley. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Really good day, just kind of focus, plowing through it, and that always feels good, which is what we're going to talk about is how good it feels to have peaceful, focused action and not feel scattered and overwhelmed by shiny object syndrome. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, as I was doing a little bit of research before this interview, I, I couldn't help feeling a little bit uh, a little bit excited, actually, because this topic is right up my alley as well. It's uh, very aligned to some of the things that I teach with my clients and help uh, my folks out with as well. Before we get into any of that craziness, uh, why don't we get to know you a little bit? Obviously, you're an Aussie, but you're in the United States. Why don't you tell us where you're from and how long you've been doing this coaching thing for? Yeah, I'm from Cessnock uh, near Sydney in Australia. And I started coaching in 1998. I quit my job as a consulting actuary to Fortune 100 companies. I had a cushy, cushy job on Park Avenue at an office. Um, and I was going to like Sony Music and Ford and Exxon. Figured I had it made but it wasn't really fulfilling. I am good at numbers, I am good at business, but I needed to cover the people side. So I quit my job and uh, not knowing what I really wanted to do, I decided to be an entertainer for a year because I'd seen those guys at the ski fields who were playing Blame It on the Boogie with a black afro and singing the Proclaimers songs with a, with a kilt. I'm like, I want to do that. So I did that for a year And then I discovered that coaching was just beginning as a profession. I was going to say you were early on there in the the late 1990s. Yeah, I was one of the first 10 coaches in Australia, I'm dating myself now, uh, certified through the ICF. And um, I just, I'm such, like I'm, I'm, 
what's different about me is that I've got the business brain and I grew up that way, I, being a consulting actuary. But then I got so interested in personal growth because I didn't have that as a kid. I didn't have how to connect with people. I didn't know about vulnerability. I didn't know about influence. I didn't know about leadership. So the last 20 years have been focused on that. And the people who come to me are not people who just want more money. And they're not people who just want their relationships and to uh, their relationship with themselves to be better. They want it all. And so I'm a, I'm a generalist in that aspect. Yeah, very nice, very nice. And whereabouts in the US do you live now? Boulder, Colorado, mate. I'm, nice. I'm, I'm looking out over a valley right now in the mountains just outside of Boulder. It's, it's like I live in a retreat. Yeah, Very beautiful, blessed. beautiful part of the world, huh? Yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've met quite a few people from that part of the world, and they all say the same thing. So that's definitely on my list. Once all this crazy COVID stuff settles down, how is that, by the way, in your part of the world? Is it okay? Is it safe, or is it uh, just all well, media hype? It's pretty intense. Um, we might get a little political here. I, I was annoyed that the leadership of the country didn't take really firm action and just said, "Oh, look, we're all fine." And I figured people are going to die because of that. And they are. And in Australia, I've got uh, friends and relatives who, you know, part of them complained about how strict it's been, but I think they also got it. And I think there was some respect too that the government was actually handling this instead of just, oh, look, we're rounding the corner. We're rounding the corner. It's not an issue. It's like, really? So now it's lockdown. It's gotten worse in Colorado. The hospitals are now allowed to turn people away uh, because they're because they're over capacity, and um, restaurants were open for a bit, but now there's no indoor seating allowed. So there's been a huge uh, uptick, which is going to happen, and people until people really get, oh, you know what, this this isn't really going away. We're going to have to really handle this. Yeah, it's, uh, it's changed a little bit in the last week here in Australia, particularly in Sydney and the Eastern Coast, Sydney, Melbourne and, and Brisbane, where um, can you believe it? They closed the borders. What the hell? There's borders in Australia? What, what is this? They were closed, but now they're open. And uh, as a bunch of my mates on Facebook, you know, taking photos inside of a, of a plane, it's like, I'm going somewhere. Can you believe I haven't been on a plane for like months, you know, right. it's like, right. Yeah. So it's, I- all, it's all pretty normal here. It's good. And I know it's been sad. Like I know people who've uh, had people die and they can't go to the funeral, right? Oh, or they terrible. or they can't go and collect the body without doing two weeks of quarantine. So I understand. But any Aussies who are upset by that, I would just say, take a look at some of the other countries who have not gotten a handle on it and the cases are just through the roof. So... Yeah, yeah, I think we're, we're pretty fortunate here in Australia. Dave, thanks for sharing a little bit of your story, your backstory there. Uh, let's get into this, shall we? Yes, let's help people get focused, make more money and, uh, and have more time off. Mate, people come on over to the Go All In podcast to learn more about others that have gone all in. So if you could, Dave, could you please share with us your biggest Go All In story or stories and the lessons that you've learned from your commitment to success? Yeah, well, mate, I, when I got this question, I loved it. And I, I wrote down, I started making a list. And so I started writing down like, like uh, you know, becoming a professional entertainer. And I think that's a story I'll share with you. Um, but there's also learning to paraglide and stepping off a mountain in Nepal and going up. Like, how's that? You step off a mountain and go up on your own with a piece of cloth above your head. And I also got thinking about and reflecting and realized if I want to learn something, I go all in. Like when I wanted to learn salsa, I I got 30 lessons in 30 days. That's just how I do it. Why not? Let's do it that way. And when I wanted to learn Balinese, which is a really difficult language. And trust me, nobody you know speaks Balinese. They all learn mm-hmm. They all learn Indonesian because it's easy and it's practical. Yeah. Learning Bahasa, yeah. Bahasa, right? I created my own training course. I hired someone to come and read out the book that I bought in Balinese and then I'd read out the English and then I'd, I'd listen to these audios and I'd create flashcards. So there's a number of different areas where I went all in, but I think going all in as a musician was uh will be a fun story 
And what happened is I was working happily in Park Avenue, pretty happily, but I felt like something was missing. And I decided to quit and to go home and have a change. And I was going to shift uh, careers a little bit. But I said to myself, David, if you like, whenever you quit a job, that's an opportunity. That's a it time is. to do whatever you want to do like that. Take a break. Cause if you get a job, Indeed. they may not let you. So I'm like, what would I do if I had six months to live? And I'd always admired those guys at the ski fields. Um, sing us a song. You're the piano man. They get everybody singing people having drinks. I'm like, that looks awesome. So I quit my job. I went back to Australia. I hired a singing coach because I can't really sing for crap. I had a singing coach, bought a guitar, bought the equipment. And two weeks later, I got my first gig. And I was in a, I'm a big squash player. And I was in a squash court and I'm at the bar in the corner of the squash club. And I was telling him about what I'm doing. I said, I just got a singing teacher and I'm going to sing songs in pubs. He said, I'll pay you 50 bucks. <laughs> I said, you serious? He said, yeah. I said, you're booked. You're on. So two weeks after hiring a singing coach, I had my first gig and I played a few songs scared like, like crazy. And then a week later they were auditioning for a little show called Hey, Hey, it's Saturday. <laughs> and a segment. Now you're really dating their, yourself. <laughs> yeah. And a segment they had on there called red faces. Oh, no way. Which is the equivalent of America's gong show for any non-Australian listeners. And uh, I auditioned with 300 people they booked me for the next week, flew me to Melbourne, and I went on there and sang 500 miles in a kilt um, with a terrible Scottish accent and glasses. And I tell you what, I was so terrified because I, I didn't know if I'd hit the right key, if I remember my words. And I'm going on national TV for the first yeah. time in my life. I tell you <laughs> what, I tell you what, I, I didn't totally lose bladder control. But three drops escaped, my friend. Three <laughs> drops. Now, I ask you this question. If you're in the green room and you're about to go on national television and you lose three drops of urine wearing a kilt, are you now more relaxed or more terrified about what might happen when you walk out on stage? Oh, my God. I think the latter. <laughs> Terrifying. So this is a true story. I had my overnight bag. I put on two extra pairs of undies just in case. And... The point of the story, besides that it's entertaining, is that's what I was willing to do to promote my business, which at the time was entertainment. I'm like, I will go on national TV and do something really fun. And my stage name was Mr. Woody. And, um, and that's, you know, and that was the scariest thing I did in my life. So my question for listeners is if you were to face your fears and do something beyond the, your normal comfort zone, what would that look like? What would you do that might promote your business? Would it be approaching a celebrity for an endorsement? Would it be uh, approaching a really top podcast? Would it be, I mean, when I went and asked Jack Canfield from Chicken Soup to write the forward to my book, I was, I was terrified. When I walked up to Richard Branson, surrounded by his minders as he's about to go on stage, he didn't know me from Adam. I was terrified. <laughs> my question is, are you willing to be uncomfortable to uh, be successful at your business? Yeah, that's a great question. And that's, it's a good reminder for the listeners. I, I love, I love these stories that I hear from people and, and my guests, because often they're a little bit random and often they're very serious, but it's nice to have a lighthearted fun one, but it's a reminder of your vulnerabilities as a person. And when you make a decision to go all in on something and commit to something, it generally as a rule means vulnerability. Because if you're going to put yourself out there and commit and you're going to tell the world that I'm going to go all in on this particular thing, that declaration is fun. But when it actually comes time to step up and to level up, that's where the real commitment comes in. And that's where people have a really hard time with it. And it's like, ah, oh, no, nah, it's too, that's too hard. That won't work. And people I think are just too easy in letting themselves off the hook. Was there a point there when you were learning to be a muso that you thought, oh, this is too hard and just go back oh. to doing what you were doing? Must have been many uh, times. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're sitting there and you're playing for four hours and no one gives you any attention and you stop a song and there's no applause, like 
that's that's hard. And bear in mind, I was doing this as a labor of love. I'm not a good singer. I'm a good entertainer. Yeah. I'm not a good singer. So I, you know, I I rarely got invited back to the same place twice. I I do a gig. Sometimes I would, but generally I just wasn't that great. I was doing it because that's what I, that was my self-expression. So there were many times where I'm like, oh God, am I gonna keep doing this? And the marketing's hard, but I'm I would not trade it for anything because I got I got to stand on the front of a boat going under the Sydney Harbour Bridge and <laughs> blasting out Buddy Holly songs. It's so easy to fall in love. I'm blasting it out with Buddy Holly glasses. And I got to play on a, a boat called Wild Boys Afloat, which was with a all boat. the girls and their hens parties, huh? <laughs> hens parties. Imagine 10 hens parties on the same boat five male strippers and me, <laughs> right? And I'm walking throughout all these women who are all having drinks and I'm playing time warp, you know, uh, with a wireless mic. I, I wouldn't trade that for anything, but plenty of times where I, I wanted to give it up. Now, eventually I did give it up because coaching was calling to me and that was something that I was actually very good at. So I made a very smart decision to say, all right, I've done that. Thank you. I'll still occasionally play for fun, mm. but now I'm going to pursue something that is in my, in my zone of genius. Yeah, it's a really good reminder as well, you know, in a fun story. And thank you so much for, for sharing that one and selecting the fun one as well. Cause you kind of, uh, you had a bit of a, a preface there talking about how you go all in on things and you commit to things when you're going to do something. That's the kind of the way that you approach life. But, you know, uh, to, to my point of being afraid and doing it afraid anyway, and being a little bit scared and having that fear and trepidation on the other side of that is absolutely everything that you ever wanted. That experience on wild boys afloat never would have happened. And you never probably even visualized something like that when you were terrified in your first couple of gigs. So it's just a little reminder for the listeners and the viewers of this show that actually just, just take a leap of faith, take a leap of faith and go all in. Cause on the other side of all of that fear is everything that you ever wanted. Yeah, exactly. So that, that's a bit of a personal one. Um, do you want a quick business all in or yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. stick with it? Yeah. All yeah, right. Absolutely. So I wanted to be a published author. And when Tim Ferriss came out with a four hour work week, I was jealous still am. I'm like, <laughs> damn it. That's the, like, that's my life. That's how I'm living. I should have written that book. Yeah. And I was going to write something else on relationships, but my, my, my girlfriend at the time said, people want a book from you on how to live anywhere, choose their own hours and do something they love and get paid for that. Mm. So I decided to write a book called get, and I told you at the beginning, don't ask me about the book. So it's really <laughs> funny. I'm now talking about the book, um, but it's not to promote it. It's to give people an example of like all in. Yeah. So I decided to write the book. It took me a year and a half to write, get paid for who you are. I hired a ghostwriter. I spent 25 grand on a ghostwriter. I spent 10 grand on a really good editor. I got a publishing offer from one of the big six and turned it down because they wanted to call the book, what you know will make you rich. Oh. And I said, no. This book is more from the heart than that. It's money and it's heart. It's got to be called Get Paid for Who You Are. Mm. So I blew up two publishing deals and decided to self-publish. I spent $150,000 wow. and a couple of years of my life on the book. Hired a publicist for 15 grand, went and did you know CNN headline news and whatever. Did the hot, like full on in. And my book launch was something that had never been done since. And after it, some people uh, copied it. I was actually giving away the book at that stage and selling a course on the back end mm. and raising money for Sting's Rainforest Foundation. Nice. So that was another balls to the wall. Like, like who? what's a big name that I can get involved with this? Let's raise money for charity and let's get everybody behind it. So I hired a filmmaker to do a video for me uh, and we did the, the lost audition tapes for the Avatar movie. That's what it was called. And there's me and there's all these people dressed up and I flew to LA, we did a viral video. So many layers to the launch. And we said to people like you, hey, do you want to give away a book for charity? Mm. Like give away a book and raise money 
we give away the book and we invite people to donate anything they want. And then when they do that, we'll track how much you raised and we'll show you on the map where people are around the world who are in your downline, who, who gave away books. And when they give it away to more people, we'll show you their downline too and how your influence is spreading across the map and you're raising money for the rainforest. So, Oh, and then there's, of course, approaching Jack Canfield and, and, and Richard Branson and asking them to write the forward. I did everything I knew, gave it everything. And, um, and then on the night of the book launch, uh, the server crashed. <laughs> and, I, and I had hired a team for 25 grand to do the launch. Yeah. I'd paid a guy for server reinforcement. There was nothing that I'd missed. Crashed anyway. And so the launch was dismal. And I tell you, I, I'll be straight about it. I fell to my knees and I just wept. Mm. I just cried and I cried after two years and of all of this and all this expectation. It was such a, a blow, a body blow. Now I made the money back eventually over the next two or three years. Yeah. Um, and I, and I don't think I would trade the experience you know, built the email list up to 150,000 people um, and, and networked with so many wonderful people. But there's an experience where I went absolutely all in. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That's a, it's a great story. We have a, uh, we have a saying in the infantry back in the day, uh, and, I, and I think it still holds true today, that uh, no plan survives the first contact. Um, so you have the all enemy. of these plans and you have all of these things going on and it's just, you know, it's got nothing really to do with being a grunt. It's got everything to do with life. You can have yes. all the best of everything ready to go and you've done, you've ticked every single box, but as, as soon as you step off and launch, something will go wrong that you haven't foresaw and you just got to roll with it. That's just how it was. Is that what you did? Did you roll with it? Did you have a little cry in the corner and then pick yourself up and oh, keep going or? Yeah. I had a huge cry, kept going. Um, I did end up, I felt like really burned out after that. So I did launch another course. I did a live event and, and Jack was kind enough to come and speak at the event. And I had some of my best friends, uh, come and, come and, come and speak. So I, I kind of did more, but I was so burned out. I ended up eventually moving to Bali and living surrounded by the rice fields for a couple of years to recharge myself. And then. It was only three years ago I decided, you know what? It's time to dust yourself off, get back in the game. Who do you want to serve? Yeah. And I decided business owners earning over 200000 who want to double, but they're feeling so scattered and overwhelmed, let's help them focus. Yeah. So this, this is, you're, you're seeing like three years into the comeback from that, but I gave it everything. And so the question I have again for listeners, and I bet, I bet you ask this almost every podcast is, what do you love enough that you would go all in? Mm. And if you're already working on it, are you going all in? And if not, what would that look like? Just take a piece of paper, take a pen and get away from everybody and just just start 10 minutes. What would it look like to go all in if I had zero fear? Mm. You don't have to do it all. We're just brainstorming at this stage. Yeah, it's a fun, uh, it's a fun place to start. It's a fun place to start. Thank you for sharing that story. Alrighty, so I, I love I, I love your uh, your main focus. Excuse the pun is focus. Uh, one of the I created a masterclass recently, uh, and that was a labor of love as well. I actually sat down to write a book, and I realized I didn't want to write a book. What I wanted to do was to share opinions, and I thought a a better way for me personally as an individual to do that would be just to get on camera and just share what it is that I've learned, what I learned in the military as an individual, what I've learned as being an entrepreneur for the last 15 years. And I came up with um, the seven pillars to mastering your mind and going all in. Because when I started this podcast, this podcast was kind of something exploratory. It was it was fun. It was something that I, I wanted to do. And when I decided I wanted to get into this podcasting thing like everybody else was and jump on that bandwagon, I was looking for a couple of different topics and subjects. And at first it was in and around marketing because that's the space that I've been in for such a long time. Then I was a bit, it's boring and there's so many other shows out there that are, are way better than 
what I could possibly produce and they're more experienced. So I was a bit intimidated by that. Then I thought the other things that I love a lot is like futurism stuff. I love talking about technology, the future and what's coming down the pipe and all those sorts of things. That's always really interesting to me and that has a big audience. But again, I was a little bit intimidated by it because there's so many people out there doing it. And where I arrived was, hey man, you know, in my life, what I do is I commit and I commit and I, when I do something like you, I decide I'm going to do it. I made a decision. All right, I'm going to go all in until I master this thing, until I get hold of it. And over the last couple of years of doing this, the, the questions and the feedback that I get are, oh man, that was an awesome show. I love that guest. He was really cool. How do I connect with him and or her? And then I pass the details along and inevitably they, they reply and say, thank you for that. By the way, I'm thinking about doing A, B or C. What do you reckon I should do? And I was at first I would be like, well, you're asking the go all in guy. What do you think I'm going to say? Come on, man, step off and go all in. What are you doing? Go for it. And that, that kind of was all right. But what I realized, I don't know, maybe after about 50 or 60 of those messages was I was not saying the right thing. What they were really asking me for was how to go all in and how to do that. And then that got me thinking, well, what they're really asking for is more information. And that's where my masterclass and my, my idea of that came out. And one of the modules in that masterclass is about focus and awareness. And the, the idea of what I do is it kind of one thing leads into another and one thing feeds off another. And you can't have, uh, you, you can't master your mind and have what you want unless you have all of these things and all of these steps. And focus and awareness is one of the most important things, especially in the modern day of social media and distraction. And I love your topic where, and I love, I love how, when I look at your website, it says focus and you'll achieve more by doing actually less. And I, I just wanted to share my background of, of that because that has been pivotal, pivotal in my life. And it's been pivotal for me as an entrepreneur as well. And um, you're doing it from a different perspective. I think I've got application of it in my life, but you've got teaching instruction and coaching of it to other people. And I just, I'm really interested to hear your experience of it and, and your feedback in and around that really important topic. Yeah, sure. So focus is, I find it so important time and time again, my clients are coming to me and I realize the problem for entrepreneurs is we see all the possibilities. See the mind and, and you know, I'm, I'm not a religious person, but I like the story of Adam and Eve and the loss of innocence. And I believe that was a development of the pre of the front of the cortex. Right. And so we can see all this possibility and it's overwhelming. If you just look at your target market, 10 different target markets that you want to serve. What about the problem? 10 different problems that you'd like to serve. What mm. about the promise? 10 different promises that I'd like to help people with. Um, and then you've got your traffic sources and then your conversion tools. And it's just overwhelming. Mm. So what I do is I start people with, let's dial it back in. Let's come up with one thing in all of those areas that I just mentioned. And let's set some really clear targets. That's the beginning. What are you going to do over the next 12 months? And then super valuable. If you don't have this list, you're going to love this. A not to do list. <laughs> I love it already. The, I love it. <laughs> in, the, in the first year, here's what I will be tempted to do. And I agree not to do. Have that. You just do that. That's going to set you off, um, set you ahead of so many business owners. Mm. And then the next thing we want to do, once we've got 12 month goals, and we know what we're going to focus on and what we're not, is do you have a regular date with yourself? I call it a CEO date. Just 20 minutes a week where you look back on what you did last seven days, do a dance, maybe physically get up and do a dance and pat yourself on the back and then look at your goals and say, what will I tackle in the next seven days? And again, you want some bonus points, the advanced version. What will I not do? Mm. I might, I'll put this off to later or I won't do it at all. Uh, that's a CEO date with yourself every seven days. It's not very hard. So if you want an action step, listeners, if you're listening to this to a recording, press pause and go and put time in your calendar for a CEO date with yourself. Now, third step here is do you have focused I call them PFABs, 
peaceful focused action blocks. Nice. Now, because there's so much coming at you, you've got your own mind that's telling you to do 20 things, but we've just handled that. Now you've got Facebook, text messages, email, kids knocking at the door, wife or husband. <laughs> you got so many other things that are going to draw you away. Put some time in your calendar. It might be five one-hour blocks in a week, and that'll be your PFAB, Peaceful Focused Action Block. You let the kids know and the spouse, hey, I'm not available for the next hour. Please you know, support me. I'll come out and I'll hug everybody as soon as I'm done. And then set your timer and do that. And then for that, for that time, be very clear what you're doing. I've got one friend, uh, I sometimes do a, an accountability date. And um, the last thing I just heard from my friend is, I'm going to play around with the website for the next hour. That's an example of something that's, that's not very contained. Mm. Better, better would be, I'm going to have a bad draft of my bio and three images selected and one of them posted. Specificity. Yeah, specificity. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And what's fun about that is it creates artificial accountability. Mm. Now, like I've been going, uh, it's three o'clock, three 30. Now I started at eight. I've been going for seven and a half hours and I'm having a blast mm -hmm. because every hour I know what the goal is. I know what I'm trying to do. And I've set up accountability. You can set it up with your coach or you can set it up with, with someone else. What are you going to do? in the next hour. And I want to get it done so I can report a win. Mm. Keeps you on track like nothing else. So those are three tips that get people started in combating shiny object syndrome and actually focusing so that you can double your revenue by actually doing less work. Yeah, absolutely. I think time management for me is one of the one of the core pillars, one of the seven pillars to mastering your mind. And and the way I describe that is similar to what you said, maybe just different words, I suppose, is if you're not managing your time, time will manage you. And I look at my calendar and, and I'm militant about my calendar. It's broken into half hour blocks from the time I wake up to the time I go to bed. And because sleep is important to me because I'm always training, I'm always doing some sort of physical activity and it's important that I'm recovered. Um, and seven is my number. I know what my sleep number is. I need seven hours sleep every night. So whatever time I go to bed, that's, that's promulgated and I'm, I'm militant about those things. And one of the, one of the things that I do in those blocks of time, whatever the block is, when, when, when it's blocked out for here, I use a, uh, a methodology I learned a couple of years ago that fighter pilots use called flawless execution. And what they do is they plan, brief, execute, they have an X gap and then they debrief everything that they do. And you can do that on a micro and a macro scale and the X gap. So you make a plan to do something. So that's usually putting it in your calendar. You're briefing that plan. So I'm, this thing is coming up. I look at what I have to do. I'm briefing myself. Then I go and execute it. And halfway along the way that I'm doing it for that period of time, I stop myself and say, am I doing what I set out to do or am I being distracted by this? Ooh, and it's a really fun true. thing to do because you can do that at a, at a micro scale or for a task that's going to last you an hour or two, or you can do that at a macro scale when you're doing that, you know, for your whole week. Look, right now, as I'm doing this podcast with you, I'm looking at the notes that I've got here in front of me and I excap myself as I go. Am I, am I moving closer to the end goal of this podcast? And I'm doing it as I go. So I'm holding myself accountable to it like that. And I use a and system. Yes, I am. I'm right, right on the money. I use, right. a, I use a system. This is the fun part, right? I, I call it a, it's a traffic light system because it's easy to remember and, and anybody can do it. And the X gap is where are you in relation to where you want to be? So if you think of it going from point A to point B, like a line across your screen or across a piece of paper, and the X gap is the, the yellow lights. So you've got red, green, and yellow light. So the yellow light's right in the middle. The red light is you're totally out of control. You're completely distracted and you're looking at YouTube videos that you shouldn't be looking at. The green light is YouTube's off, your alerts are off, your phone's on do not disturb and you're completely focused and you're on the money. And the yellow light is, well, I'm somewhere in between being distracted. I'm not really concentrating and you can kind of be leaning in one direction or the other. And it's a bit of fun because more often than not throughout the day, I'm like, man, I am so far 
and the red light. I, I just got flashed by the red light traffic camera about nine times after watching 45 minutes of YouTube that I shouldn't be watching. Nice. <laughs> and when I play so with I it a little that. bit like that, it works. It's it's kind of yeah. fun. And at the end of at the end of a task, I always debrief myself. And I do that quickly by saying, uh, results. What was the result? Did I get what I wanted? What was the reason that happened? And what can I do to improve on that? that as well. So it seems like a complicated process, but once you learn how to plan, brief, execute, XCAP and debrief yourself, you can do it a hundred times a day for every task that you set. And if you militant about the, the blocks of time that you have on your calendar, you're really in charge of your time. And then what I find is I don't need eight hours of focus every day. I only need like right. four. I only need maybe sometimes only three, sometimes only two the amount of work that I can exactly. get done in a two hour time frame because I'm so incredibly focused because I've got these cute little systems that I play with. And, you know, that's what works for me. That's how I've managed to achieve what I've achieved in my life. It works really well, but I, but I love the idea of focus and, you know, your methods, my methods, um, the hybrid of all of these methods coming together is, is something that will help you move closer to where your goals are. Well, I love what you said about macro and micro because what, what you've done is you've increased your awareness mm. of when you're on track and when you're not tra- on track. Because like, if, you, if you've ever meditated and you're counting breaths, you don't know the moment that you stop counting breaths. Mm. That's when you went unconscious a little bit and you're now lost in thinking and whatever. And then at some point you go, oh, whoop. and one of the points of meditation is to build that muscle so that you notice when it goes off. So you found a method. And I particularly love what you said about macro. And micro. So at the macro level, you want focus. You want to hone in what you're going to work on and say no to a lot of things. That's with your 12-month goal, your your eight-week goal, and then even your seven-day goal. But then you need micro focus mm. as well. And you've got a, a a system where you maybe set an alarm and it goes off and you check, wait, am I on track? And the thing that I found works really well is to have someone else uh, that you're going to have to report to in an hour or two hours. Within, in my program, in the Semurai program, people commit to their seven-day goals and they can have A goals and B goals. B goals, hey, do your best, whatever, that's fine. A goals, you get them done even if you're in a coma in hospital. There is no excuse for that. We're playing the A game. Yeah. And if you don't get it done, you pay $5 to someone you hate. Yeah. So, And it gets people's attention. And when that when you've got that artificial accountability generated, then you, your brain is more likely to be aware. Am I on focus or am I not? So for example, today I start, I said, I'm going to do this, this, and this in an hour. It was a lot to take on. And then I'm checking email and I'm like, Oh, just get back to that. And I'll respond to that red light. Yeah. (laughs) I went off and my brain, because I knew I had a call coming up, my brain said, dude, you're not going to get this done if you keep doing that. So I stepped away from what I was doing. That's what we're looking for. Increase the awareness so that your brain's like, oh, this is what it means to go out of focus, come back in and imagine what your life will be like over the next year if you double your ability to focus on what matters. Yeah, that's such a it's such an incredibly powerful uh, statement you're making there. And it's so it's such an important reminder. One, one of the things that I know that I'm guilty of all the time, I'm less guilty of it now because I have that level of awareness around it, is that I have a tendency and I think maybe maybe it's human beings, maybe it's entrepreneurs. I'm not sure which generalization. Maybe I think it's part of the human condition actually is that you have a tendency when you're doing something to overestimate how much you can get done in a period of time. And what I learned to do was I would, because I'm so militant with my time management and my calendar, I would put all of these things on the calendar and I would find myself like trying to get to these things and get them done. And and I would finish and I would conclude and I would do a good job. You know, I, you know, it's probably an eight out of 10. It should be a nine and a half or a 10 out of 10, but it wasn't quite there because I got to get to the next task and do the next thing. But what I, what I discovered a couple of years ago was that as an entrepreneur and a business owner, it never ends. There's always something else to do. There's always the next thing to go to. And you know what that next thing is. So instead of jamming your calendar and jamming your day with 50 different things, why don't you just jam it with one thing and do that one thing really, really well, focus all of your attention and energy on that, 
divide your time into the different elements of that as you break it down. And all of a sudden, all the heebie-jeebies went away for me. And I started to achieve a lot more by doing what you were talking about, focusing on the one or two things that matter during the day. So I'm doing actually a lot less than what I was, but I was achieving much more in the process. I love that. And you're reminding me of, um, I've been thinking about this recently because I tend to try and take on too much. And uh, something I heard Tucky Moore say yesterday, who's an Australian coach, mm-hmm. his suggestion was you put all your to-do lists in the hopper. Yeah. So they don't go on your to-do list. They're, they're tasks, they're projects, right? They're, they're probably never ending, but they go in the hopper. And then each week you go and grab things and, and he uses uh, actual post-it notes. You grab things and you pull them over and you put them on your seven-day to-do list. Yeah. And then when you're working on one, physically grab the post-it note, put it right in front of you, maybe on the screen. That's what you work on. And I, I think it'd be fun to create a rule that says you can't touch anything else while that's on the screen. That is a rule. <laughs> and then when it's done, you have the, the satisfaction of pulling off the post-it note and popping it down in the done list, on the win list. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's a great way of blending uh, what he said and what you said so we don't overload ourselves. I might I might try, for me, I just, you know, I, I know I've, oh, here's what I did. <clears throat> I haven't told anyone this on a podcast yet, but I'm such a geek. I um, I signed up for a program that is an online learning platform because I, I want a really fun program for my new course, the, mm-hmm. the Semi program. And there's a program called Experienceify <laughs> where they actually like you get points. Every time you do something, there's a sound and you rack up points and there are rewards for doing things. I'm like, that sounds more fun to me than just crossing off a to-do list. Yeah. So I went and took all my projects and put them into my own personal course. So now I sign in, it says David's Rockstar course. And I go through and I and I actually check off the things and get points as they're done. And that's really fun for me. Yeah, you've got to find what works. And, and I love the idea of doing something physical whether that's electronic or that's with a post-it note or something like that, because there's the, there's the hand eye connection. I I make a point on a daily basis of taking a pen and a little notebook. And I've got a pile of notebooks here and actually physically writing stuff, you know, because it's very easy to go through the entire day and just typing on a keyboard or thinking about something or talking on a microphone like this, but that connection that you have between your hands and your brain and your mind and all those things, I think that's really, really important. And I think that's, that there's a lot to be said in and around goal setting and time management and focus when you're doing those things as well. So I love, I love geeking out on stuff like that. And I love geeking out on these sorts of things because it's really, it's the crux and and it's the things that make you successful. And these are the little tips and the hacks that people are looking for. They're life-changing. They are. (laughs) You you get us, you you know, I've got one client that said something to me once that really stuck with me. He said, I want you to help me incrementally improve my routines until I have super high performance routines. And no one had ever said to me that that was their goal. And I thought that's a really intelligent goal yeah. to have. Just keep improving your like, like now I've got um, a chin up bar in the in the hallway, and when I take a break, I just go out and I just do as many as I can, and I write them down a little thing. Mm-hmm. I've got a, a personal assistant now. I'm blessed to have someone who comes and makes my green smoothies for the week, so that that's part of the routine. Just keep on getting better routines, and. Uh, what I want you to have, you and all your listeners and myself, I want you to have a really good time. I want you to double your revenue. I want you to double your time off and I want you to enjoy yourself mm. as you're doing it and feeling scattered and overwhelmed for most people is not the path yep, to do absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, David, I just want to move off that topic now and and talk to you about uh, tough conversations because on your website, you have that as one of your services. And um, I, I, I really, that really kind of connected with me because despite the way that I look, because some people think I look a bit like I'm big and imposing and I'm a bigger sort of person and my background in the military and all those sorts of things, I'm very blunt. 
when I deliver a message sometimes uh, and, and I've had to work very hard to show my vulnerabilities and to share um, a little bit of myself. It's been a, a, a journey for me to say the least and it's, it's an ever evolving journey. But one of the things that people probably don't know about me is I'm actually not very confrontational. And when I saw what you had on your website about tough conversations and your podcast is called Tough Conversations Podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this show, just take a little peek at your phone and I'll pop the uh, the link to David's podcast right there. So you don't have to go poking around in Google. And if you're watching on YouTube, just scroll down and you'll see the link there as well. But I, I love the concept that you have that tough conversations require a bit of role play. If you want to set yourself up for success in the corporate environment and your boss is not doing the right thing, you know that that's going to impact on everybody. How do you have that conversation with somebody? And how do you have these hard conversations, especially with a non-confrontational person like myself? How, how do we do that? Yeah. Let, let's talk about that a bit. It's such a big topic for me, I think, because I, I wasn't taught a lot about communication and openness and vulnerability basically it was more cover your ass and um and don't don't say too much because you'll be made fun of and australia's got the whole concept of the tall poppy syndrome be cut down and all of that mm. um but then i got coached when i did my first personal development program i got coached uh to do some crazy things like i had to make a list of everybody that i hated or didn't like or resented like going back anyone i could think of in my whole life had to make a list and then they wanted me to call all those people <laughs> i used some swear words i said yeah i'm not calling that girl from high school who dumped me twice and gave me the cold shoulder and i'm not calling the guy who bullied me at school and one-upped me all the time and then i'm really pissed off and mm. i got really good advice from my coach. She said, why don't you want to call the bully? I said, cause he's going to think I'm an absolute idiot. And she said, then lead with that. And that gave me access to having the conversation with him. Cause that was the truth. And so I was able to call him and say, look, mm. I'm so nervous to call you after 20 years. Cause I think you're going to think I'm a total dickhead. And that opened up things straight away. He got curious. He said, well, what have you got? What's going on? I said, well, I used to like you were good friends. And then I felt like you're always one upping me and pushing me around. And, and I've resented you for years. And I want to let you know that I'm letting, I'm letting go of that right now. And I'm sorry for holding on to that. And he said the most amazing thing, this jerk who I hated, he said, well, what could I say now to help us move forward? Mm. Amazing. And then when I went back to my, my hometown of Cessnock, <clears throat> a couple of years later, he was there visiting his parents and he was there at the pub and normally we wouldn't have spoken to each other, but he invited me to his table. And then when uh, he went back to his house at midnight, he invited a few people back and included me. And this guy that I thought might think I was an idiot, he said to me after several beers, I don't think I ever would have had the courage to make the call that you made. So there's an example, and that's how I got into the game of tough conversations. I, and I called that girl from school. I said, you're going to think I'm such a wanker for, for calling you, but can I tell you about my experience <laughs> at school? She's like, yeah. And I said, I was crushed. Like you, you broke up with me and gave me the cold shoulder twice. I was crushed. And I said, look, I don't need an apology or anything. I just want you to know I've, I've been holding on to it. I'm letting it go. I, I wish you well. And she gave me the most beautiful apology. And, uh, and I was in tears from that. So I've realized nine times out of 10, it's worth finding a way. And I can give you a little formula if you like. like it's worth finding a way to express those things. Even if it doesn't go well the first round, you might get a second round and a third round until you guys come to some understanding. Because I want everyone in the world to feel expressed to be more connected and not have these hiding things in these things hiding in the shadows and i call them mice because and i'm writing a book right now i'll tell you the title in a second but we all know about the elephant in the room you know about it i know about it no one's saying anything but the elephant's not the only animal in the room some of the animals in the room are much more subtle 
Maybe I see it. Maybe I've been holding onto it for 20 years and you don't even know about it. I don't even know mm. that's a mouse. And so the book is called name that mouse. And it's all about just finding those little thoughts or feelings that are scurrying around that you haven't said out loud to someone and artfully naming it. And if you're looking for a formula, because I know it's hard when, when you've got a, a, a lifetime of not, sharing these things. And I know you don't want it to go wrong. You don't mm. want it to blow up. So here's, a, here's what I suggest. Say to someone, hey, can I name a mouse with you? Do you know about that expression? And they will say no. They say, well, it's like the elephant in the room, but it's much smaller. It's really not a big thing, but it's just something that I want to I want to clear so that I can feel closer to you or, you know, just so we, can, we have a better working relationship or whatever. That's where you insert your own intention. I just want to clear the air so that mm -hmm. boom, positive intention. If I said that to you, if I said, Robert, can I name a mouse with you? You'd be like, what? I'd be like, well, it's like an elephant, but it's not nearly as big as that. I just want to say it because I, I want to feel close to you and just have a good relationship with you. And I want to clear the air. Mm -hmm. Is that all right? You're probably going to say what? Yes. Yes. Let's do it. You say yeah. go, what have you right? Because yeah. now I've, the main thing, the main thing, I've done it in a lighthearted way, and I've demonstrated positive intent. Yeah. Um, if you don't want to use the name of mouse thing, you can just say, "Here's another formula that um, that you can download on the website yeah. as well." It says it's a little cheat sheet, and uh, it goes like this: Hey, there's something I haven't been saying, and I haven't been saying because, and you insert your concern, and I promise you, you have a concern. Or it wouldn't be a tough conversation. Yeah. But you are concerned. I've been saying it because I thought you'd think I'm oversensitive or you might make fun of me or you might get upset or whatever. But I've decided I do want to talk about it because, and you insert your positive intent. Yeah, nice. Again. So you have a little, fra a little framework there, a little structure to have those tough conversations and those, and yeah. it's just the way that you're communicating what it is that you want to communicate that is received better. Is yeah. is that the intention of having that framework and that structure? Yeah, because here's how not to do it. We need to talk. <laughs> or I had I had someone who's my, a, a my eyes a, immediately went oh, into that. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah, I I had someone who's a friend of mine and who teaches this stuff. She sent me a text saying, "We need to talk. I'm really pissed at you." That's an example of how not to do it. Yeah. Most people are going to get their back up and now you're going to have a fight, yeah. right? Because now you've got to deal with their with their reaction to your reaction. It's just defensive immediately. That puts me on the deep. It doesn't matter what it is. Like suddenly my the pit of my stomach drops and I'm like, what did I do wrong? You know, what what now? Exactly. What now? Yeah. yeah. What I said in my head was, no, you need to talk. I don't need to do anything. And I let it go. I let it go for an hour. <laughs> And then, you know, I decided to be nice to her and I, I called her up and I said, hello, beautiful. How can I make your day better? Yeah. And we, and we got into it, but that was, that was me. Cause I gave it an hour and I knew not to react to it. Don't do that. Mm. Um, and also if you're blaming the other person, you think they're wrong and you, you feel like you need an apology, that's going to be a lot harder, mm. better if you can find their innocence and get curious about their world and, um, not blame them for anything, but more, Hey, when you did X, I felt Y, and I'd like to talk about that. Mm. Um, you're going to just do a lot better. Now, if you do need an apology, that's a special, special category. <laughs> that's a special category. I, one of the reasons I didn't talk to my ex-girlfriend for 11 years is because I was angry at her and my intellectual self, my spiritual self said, David, you got no right to be angry. She's a ch child of God. She was doing the best she could. Let her go. Yeah. And demanding an apology never works. Yeah. So I was stuck in limbo for 11 years. And then I realized, oh, dude, I'm trying to do a spiritual bypass here. The truth is I'm angry. And if she wants to be closer to me, and she tried many times over the years, an apology is the path. So I finally reached out and I said, look, I know I've kept you at a distance for years. I finally realized why would you like to know? And it's okay if you don't. Mm. Now, what did I just do there? I asked for consent. Super important. Can I tell you about it? Do you want to know about it? She said, yes. 
So I, I sent her a video and said, I'm mad. Here's why. I wish you'd done better. And I, and if you want to be friends with me, I'd need to know that you wish you'd done better. And if you had a chance to do it differently, you would. Mm. And you don't owe me anything. I'm just telling you that's the path to us being closer. She sent me the most beautiful, heartfelt apology. And so here's another ex-girlfriend reconciliation. And she happens to, I've moved to Colorado now. She moved to Colorado years ago. And just recently I posted an ad for a personal assistant. She wrote and said, I'd like the job. So we went from 11 years of me not speaking to her. She's the one now making the smoothies and supporting me in my health. Very nice. There's, there, you don't expect that from, uh, from yeah. tough conversations. It's great. It's great. I've been reading a book recently called Personality is Not Permanent. And it's around um, how- pers- Is that Dr. Ben? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all how right. Personality tests are a loaded rubbish, you know, like all disc and all of that sort of stuff because your personality- Yeah, he was, he was on my show. Yeah, he's, a, he's an awesome dude, right? And yeah. so- one of the things that one of the biggest takeaways that I learned there, and, I, and I've listened to the first half of the book twice now, because there's so many big things in there for me, personally, as an individual, it's good stuff, because he, he talks about how if something is wrong, and you end up holding on to that throughout your life, that can impact your life. And what you're talking about having tough conversations is like the intersection of those things. And I think personally, I've avoided tough conversations in my life. And as a result of that, that's impacted me negative, negatively throughout my, as I get older, because I never dealt with that because I refused to have the tough conversation because I couldn't be bothered with it. So yeah. it's like, you've got to have the tough conversation at the time so you can make peace with that, let it go, and then both move forward. And so that, that particular thing about your girlfriend when you were a teenager doesn't impact you for your whole life. And all of those is such a such an unbelievably important topic and it goes to the very heart of vulnerability. And as the big tough infantry guy, I'm not sharing my feelings with anybody. I don't have any feelings about anything anyway. What are you talking about? But that's not true. Everybody has feelings. Everybody has feelings about stuff. And when I look back at some of the things that I've been holding onto over the years and stuff, and then I came across yours, it's like, well, I just got to learn how to have these tough conversations in a better way. And um, you've given me some tools right there. And, and once again, this podcast has been very self-indulgent for me, but it has been for the listeners as well, because you're dropping value bombs left, right and center, David. And I appreciate that, mate. So thank you so much for it. I hope so. Yeah. What, what I, what I keep saying is look, we'll work on the business. Let's do that because, because money helps everything else, but then, uh, and then let's work on the time off, but then let's look at how you're showing up in the world. Yeah. That's that's my true true love. I want starts. you to love yourself, yeah. love your relationships. I want your your uh, kids to feel closer to you. I want your partner to feel closer to you, and um, that's where the the name that mouse yeah. comes in. I love it. I love it. I'm going to borrow that and I'll be buying that book. Let me know when that book's ready to go and we'll have you back. on. The I will, mate. We're going to do a Kickstarter campaign because I want to test it with the world and see if the world wants it as much as I think it's yeah. it's needed. And if the, if we hit a target, like probably be like two grand or something, yeah. we'll then take the five page PDF. You man, wait till you see the illustrations we've got. We've got a confession mouse, a desire <laughs> mouse, a reality check mouse. It's self-expression mouse. We've got all these mice in the five page PDF. I'll send you the Kickstarter campaign when it's I love it, man. I'll, I'll share it with uh, with my audience, my socials and whatnot as well. And it sounds like I need those mice in my life. <laughs> we need to name them because if we don't name them, they breed. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful, beautiful. All right, mate, as we uh, bump up against an hour here, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on the show and and being so giving and and sharing your views of the world and, and sharing your little idiosyncrasies there and all of those little hacks because they're so unbelievably important. And I really appreciate you sharing that with our audience today. My pleasure. All right, mate, I can't let you leave the Go All In podcast without putting you in the Go All In podcaster's hot seat. A little bit of fun to close out the show. A bit of random stuff. It sounds like uh, you've traveled the world as a lot of fellow Aussies have. Is there somewhere that should be on my bucket list as the world opens back up again in the next 12 months that I should be going to that maybe I don't know about? Somewhere, somewhere. What's your favorite place? 
Well, Aussies know about this one clearly, uh, but I spent three years living in Bali, mm. and I think, I think, um, what's it like to live there? It's one thing to visit there and get on the cans and run amok and do what you do there I'd when you go for to, holiday, but living there is completely different. I'd love to tell you, but I'm on a deadline and I really do have to get off here in a minute. So <laughs> unfortunately, I just have to say Bali. I thought it was wonderful. And um, I'm a fan of Santa Cruz in the US and Boulder, Colorado. I think, uh, oh, and Medellin in Colombia. Yeah, I've had a few South American ones really, recently. Yeah, nice, nice one. Yeah, just don't, just maybe skip the paragliding there. I found it a little dangerous, <laughs> but but fun. Nice, David. What's a what's a skill that you're working on at the moment that you haven't quite mastered? Um, well, one that I'm developing and seem to be doing well at is is the group coaching. So instead of just one on one, like being a conductor for a group of entrepreneurs who are supporting each other, and I'm really enjoying working. Uh, and developing that and 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 building the group, that's that's relatively new for me after doing so much one on one. What else? I don't know. Some sometimes I'm learning. Um, I'm doing tennis right now. Sometimes I'm, I've got a guitar. I uh, just got a rowing machine. Um, but but business right now, the business skills. Um, I, I'm back into Facebook ads, just pulled the trigger yesterday awesome. on that. So that's, that's my focus right now. Oh, and dating. So I guess I'm brushing up on my dating skills. <laughs> I've just had a lovely couple of dates with a, with a local woman. Um, cause I've decided I'm ready for partnership. So, so ladies, conscious ladies with a big heart, you love to laugh. I'm available. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Tell me mate, last one for the hot seat. What's the best piece of business advice that you've ever received? I think the, uh, I'm going to actually mention a book. I think the E-Myth by Michael Gerber mm. was so, it didn't help my business thinking. It gave me my business thinking. I didn't realize a business is just a, 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 a collection of systems that work. Mm. So um, I think best advice I'd say is make sure you've read that yeah. so that you uh, can systematize everything you're doing. Otherwise, you will feel scattered and overwhelmed, and that is generally less fun. Yep. and what I want for you. Absolutely. I would, uh, I would second that. Uh, absolutely. Uh, that book was instrumental in my development development as an entrepreneur as well. I would definitely agree with that. Mate, if people wanted to connect with you, what would be the best way to do that? Well, I have a gift basket for your listeners. Mm-hmm. And so I put together a collection of goodies that uh, are really easy to consume or get you some value right up front. And uh, there's a cheat sheet on the, the first steps to take to double revenue there is a six minute video on how to implement the steps. And there is a 15 minute double your revenue audit where I will get on the phone with you and find your low hanging fruit and where you should start first. And you can get all three of those things at myfocusgift.com. All right, ladies and myfocusgift.com. Excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to this, just take a little peek at your phone and the link is right there for you in the show notes. And if you're watching, just scroll down on YouTube um, and it's right there in the show notes. And if people wanted to connect with you directly as well, David, what's the best way through your website, through LinkedIn, Facey, Insta? What's what's your preferred method? You know, it's not hard to, to find me. I'm David Wood, the redheaded Australian on, on Facebook. Um you can send me a message there. I do respond on LinkedIn as well. And if you go to focus.ceo, there's a contact link where you can send me a message. In fact, I got a little video widget there. You can send me a video message or an audio message. And I'm very responsive on that. Awesome. Fantastic. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, the link is right there. David Wood, thank you so much for coming on the Go All In podcast and sharing a little bit of your world with us today. I'm certain that the audience would have got some value. I know that I got some and there was always something there to be learned. I knew that was going to happen, which is great. I wanted to give you the opportunity for the parting comment. What have you got for us today, mate? Adrenaline is a valid source of energy, but it's not the only source. You can attain peaceful, focused action, but only if you care about the results that you want to achieve. I love it. Great wisdom there to close out the show. Thanks again for coming on, mate. We really appreciate it and look forward to speaking with you again soon. It's bye for now.
Well, there you have it, folks. If you want to connect with David, just take a little peek at your phone and all of the links to his website and socials and his LinkedIn are right there. So you're not going to have to go poking around in Google for them. And don't forget to pop on over to his website and grab your free gift. Now, if you're just starting out in business, considering a business, or maybe you've been a seasoned entrepreneur for years, then I've created a masterclass that will give you the strategies and the tactics to get you moving a little bit faster, to gather some more momentum, and to break through to the next level. If you'd like to find out some more, then hop on over to goalin.com.au and click on the link that says masterclass. And you can claim a 30% discount with the promo code 30OFF. So just pop that code in at the checkout to save yourself $44. Now, if you've got a message or some feedback for the show, you can reach out via the Goalin socials or you can send me an email at any time. Just visit goalin.com.au, hit the contact tab, and you can send me an email right through the site there. Well, that wraps it up for the show today. So whatever it is that you're working on, whatever you're doing, get busy, get to it and go all in. I'll see you next time. Time moves fast when I'm with you. Went from lonely to falling in love. Watching it all unfold. Yeah. I'm not scared of commitment. I'm just scared of doing something wrong. I don't want to see you go Cause baby I got problems, problems in me Sometimes it gets hard for me to tell you how I feel I'm afraid to show you it's underneath Cause I don't want to let you down Got a lot of demons up in my brain Got a lot of bad thoughts giving me pain I'm afraid to show you it's underneath Cause I don't want to let you down Yeah.